You're listening to Think 100%, the coolest show on climate change. Hosted by Rev Yearwood, Mustafa Santiago Ali, and me, Antonique Smith. Each week, we host important conversations with innovators, policymakers, cultural influencers, and movement leaders who are leading the way to a 100% clean energy and just world. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Think 100%, the coolest show on climate change. I am Rev Yewitt, president of the Hip Hop Caucus, and... I'm Mustafa Santiago Ali, senior vice president of the Hip Hop Caucus, and this is our somewhat new radio show, Rev. You know, we're five episodes in right now, and our podcast is coming. And for those of you who maybe haven't had a chance to listen in yet... We're giving you some real talk, real talk on climate change, real talk on environmental justice, on renewables, and on a new clean economy. So we represent those voices from the streets to the suites, uh, focusing on our most pressing issues. Oh, I see myself hanging out with me here from the streets to the suites. I, I see I'm, I'm, rubbing, yes, I'm rubbing off. So thank you also for those listening, our phenomenal family here at WPFW 89.3 FM and to our partners here in this process, the League of Conservation Voters and the Union of Concerned Scientists. Yes, and we also want everybody to check out the show's new blog at think100.info. That's think100.info. And also follow us online at think100show and at hashtag think100. And if you have questions, make sure you hit us up at hashtag Think100. Um, that's where you can listen to us here at Think100%, the coolest show, and I mean the coolest show, on climate change. So before we kind of jump into today's episode, we put together with our great friends at Grist. And so let's do some shout-outs. I can't, actually, I can't wait to hear these <laughs> shout-outs. I'm, like, so excited to hear these shout-outs. Mustafa, what do you have for us today? All right, man, our first shout-out goes to the whole Boot Pruitt campaign. Now, everybody knows that this campaign has caught fire across the country. You know, Trump's head of the Environmental Protection Agency, Scott Pruitt, he's on the ropes. He's been taking lefts and rights recently. Uh, and over the past few weeks, you know, he's been exposed uh, as wasting hundreds of thousands of dollars of taxpayers' money, first-class flights. Rev, you know about first-class flights where they give you that, that warm towel when you first sit down. You know, the excessive security on his trips. No, no, no. I, 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 I'm an activist, so no. I, I'm, you don't know I'm, in, about. I'm in row 38E, <laughs> whatever the middle row is. I know that's right. Well, we, back. we look from the back to the front and see what's going on up there. You know, he's also been caught, you know, with his trips to Disneyland and to the Rose Bowl and sleeping in mansions on Capitol Hill, uh, which, you know, owned by energy lobbyists, you know, for only $50 a night. Everybody has been kind of tripping off that. And his top A's continue to get bonuses. I don't know about the rest of y'all, but if I got a $50,000 bonus, you know, I'd be like, wow, what's really going on in this space? But, you know, this is on top of his extremely dangerous rollbacks of our laws, regulations, and policies that protect our water, air, and the planet. This week, we're asking everyone to reach out to your senators and your congressmen and, and tell them uh, what you feel about this situation. And you can also sign the petition uh, at bootpruitt.com and follow the conversations online using hashtag bootpruitt. 
Also, you know, sort of our second shout out that we want to give is to those folks who have been doing the pipeline fights across the country uh, and also here locally from the Kinder Morgan fights in Canada uh, all the way to our brothers and sisters who are out in Loudoun County, especially 350 Loudoun County, uh, who have been continuing to build their coalition. You know, they've got a group of activists, including many members of the black churches, uh, organizing on environmental justice. They actually have a road trip coming up on April the 22nd to raise an awareness about the Atlantic Coast Pipeline that is going to have harmful effects to Virginians and beyond uh, their economy and the environment. Um, so we w really want everybody to get engaged with that if you're here in the local area and show support. They have this event that's coming up, so you can get tickets at .350loudon.org. Let me say that again for folks, 350loudon.org. And you can find more about this fight uh, and the April 22nd event at think100.info. That's think100.info. So, you know, we need to get off fossil fuels if we're going to win against climate change. So tons of respect to everyone out there uh, fighting the new fossil fuel developments that are trying to gain traction inside of our communities. We also want to talk just real quickly about some of the plastics. You know, Earth Day Network has been has an amazing campaign underway to raise awareness on the overuse of plastics. And we want everybody to go to hashtag in plastic pollution. Um, and you can find more information also on our Think 100% uh, site as well. We would be remiss if we didn't talk about what's happening in Flint, Michigan. Yes, uh, indeed. And you all know that recently the state of Michigan decided that they were no longer going to provide bottled water for the residents there, even though residents have said we no longer have confidence in the water system, um, and we want to make sure that our children and ourselves have an opportunity to actually have fresh water to drink. And, and until the water infrastructure is in place properly, we need that bottled water. So we want to make sure that we're highlighting for everyone what's happening in that space and for us to continue to stay engaged and continue to push to make sure that Flint gets the justice that they deserve. Yes, indeed. Everybody knows that Congress is back in session, so you should really be checking out some of the some of the cast of characters who will be making their way back up to give some testimony, you know, uh, folks like the State Department's uh, Rick Perry. Um, also, Scott Pruitt will be making another appearance on Capitol Hill and a number of others. So definitely keep your eye on these individuals uh, who have the responsibility for keeping us healthy, for keeping our economy moving forward around clean energy uh, and making sure that your voices are a part of that process. So pay attention to that. And then finally, we're going to close out with the upcoming March for Science. Everybody remembers last year that I do. Uh, De Rev definitely does because he has some, 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 some special moments in that space. But we also had a number of scientists who came out of their labs and began the march, you know, left, right, left, right. Uh, we had to help some people stay on beat. But there were some incredible folks, and they are giving back to their communities, making sure they're helping uh, folks to understand some of these impacts that are happening. So when the federal government hasn't been willing to step up and do the right thing, these incredible scientists have been doing that. So we just want to give a shout out to them and thank them so much for the work that they are doing. And um, Rev, you know, uh, folks can go to find out some more information at marchforscience.com. So let's get right into the show. I know. And you were saying the, the concept of shout out, right? It's a quick kind of thing, right? It's a shout out. It's just like, you know, this weekend, March for Science. You, you, well, you know, we, we got to. We got to work on with Mustafa with the shout-out process here. You know, that was a, I like to be thorough. <laughs> we, we, we definitely see that. Listen, yo, if you're just tuning in, man, you are listening <laughs> to Think 100%, the 
the coolest show on climate change. I'm Rev Hewitt, and that was the amazing Mustafa Ali. And today we have an amazing show. Um, you know, my mom loves when I say that. She says I say that with enthusiasm. So, mom, you know, we have an amazing show today, and we have worked with our good friends at Grist to put it together. Grist, which publishes online, now has an audience of more than three million monthly readers, and has been especially successful reaching readers in their twenties and thirties. So, joining us is the Grist founder, Chip Giller. Talk about Gris 50. Hey, guys. It's Chip in Seattle. Hey, How's it going? Hey, Chip. How's it going, man? Congratulations so much on the Gris 50, on the annual list of 50 people who are cooking up the boldest, most ambitious solutions to humanity's biggest challenges, including climate change. And we know, Chip, you have been honored with a Heinz Award for launching the country's most influential green media platform. You've been named Time Magazine's Hero of the Environment. You've been featured for your work in from Vanity Fair to, New, to Newsweek to, man, NBC News, uh, NBC Today Show, and, man, you've done so much. I'll make sure of those who are tuning in, if you want to find out more about Gris and Chip, go to think100.info. But, man, Chip, how's it going out there in Seattle? You know, it's sunny out here, which is always a good thing that in the winter. Thing. <laughs> um, but more, you know, I'm so excited to be on this show because there's, there's just signs of progress. You know, it's, it's easy to get caught up in, in the sort of uh, death cycle of negative news right now. But right. there's a lot of stuff being piloted here in Seattle and elsewhere in the Northwest. There's, there's stuff going on in energy and transportation and other parts of the country. So I'm pumped. So, I, I, you know, a lot of folks, I have my, my crew who listen to the show down at down by Best Cuts Barbershop down by Howard University, my ama, and, <laughs> yeah. and they listen to this show uh, in the barbershop. And you know, I told them about this. They actually had a couple questions for you. So, one, what is Gris? Because you know, we had to, like explain why Gris, what is Gris, and why did you start Gris? Uh, well, Gris is one of the leading sources of news around the environment, and sustainability here in the U.S. Uh, we reach largely a millennial audience, uh, so a bunch of Gen Xers like myself as well, several million people a month. And I started Grist uh, in 1999 uh, really for three reasons. One was to take advantage of a new medium. Believe it or not, the web was new then. And second, it was to frame environmental issues in new ways to make them more accessible, more relevant, uh, less scolding, less critter-centric, more human-centric, more fun. Um, and, um, and then the third innovation we had from the beginning is we've always been mission-based, and it was kind of peculiar at the time to be a nonprofit media organization, but as things have played out over the last couple of decades, it's unclear what the business model is for for-profit media, so we, we placed a good bet. But we really exist to help shape and drive the conversation, and with this Gris 50 project, to help elevate and lift up voices and people just doing amazing projects. I'll use amazing so your mother can cheer there as well. It is. Uh, but you know, um, uh, we really want we really want to use our platform to be of service to a, a bunch of the change makers around the country. Hey, Chip. Uh, you know, a few weeks ago we had two super amazing Gris Fifty fixers on the show: Gilbert mm -hmm. Campbell oh, yeah. and, and Shanta Alonzo. Yeah. And you know, we know firsthand how amazing they are. But for those who might have missed the show, please tell everyone what makes these fixers so unique, and, and how do you even select them? 
Yeah, so this is a project we began, uh, this is the third uh, annual edition we published a couple weeks ago. And uh, as I said, the goal is to really lift up innovators and doers who are, who are working on fresh solutions to some of the world's biggest problems. And we call these people fixers because right now the world can seem pretty broken. But together, these folks really show what a vibrant, diverse, and solutions-focused sustainability movement looks like. Um, and, you know, I think the project came about because, um, honestly, I took my first sabbatical about 18 months ago after launching this organization. And I came back and felt like we really needed to be doing our work differently. Uh, when I began GRIS, the need was to raise awareness of a lot of the challenges confronting the planet, the injustices of pollution, and so forth. Now there's some awareness raised, but the news can be so depressing that it's easy for people to tune out. In a way, the freak-out message has, has, has lost some of its power. So I think what's needed now is a new story of hope and of, and of change. And so these people whom we're, who we're lifting up through the GRIS 50 kind of sit at that, in the center of that story of progress, and they cross disciplines. You know, often when people think about sustainability, they think mainly of policy and science and law. But there are people from all walks of life and disciplines doing this stuff. So, you know, this year, for example, I think of um, Obey Reed, who's doing amazing stuff with bikes in Chicago, or scientist-turned-startup founder Atosha Cave, who's working on carbon capture in crazy ways, or Mustafa uh, Ali was one of the editors on the project or an advisor on our project this year. And you could talk, Mustafa, about Daniel Blackman and Peyton Wilkins. Uh, but these are these, just people kind of all walks of life banding together to, to push us on a path toward progress. So it's really exciting. Chip, Chip, I, I love that. I, I'm going to tell you, you know, this is the time when we, when we do need hope and we, we, yeah. need, we need fixers. Um, you know, it's, such a, it's, 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 it's so encouraging. Um, I'm glad that you, you have 50. I'm glad that you didn't look for 50 and only found five. <laughs> I'm glad you, yeah. you found. I will, I will say this, though. One of the things, I love the name fixers i do i do love that i, I will say you know i kind of like the ring for gris revolutionaries is not i got a nice ring to it as well you know mm, what i mean that's i hear you you know what i mean you. you know what i mean we you know yeah, you. you know we, oh, if, if, we if, if, if ever Perfect. ever for the five year which, which is which is coming up because you know you're, you're approaching the five-year anniversary so i guess in two years you'll be celebrating Yes. Uh, the fifth anniversary of Gris 50. So I guess what do you hope will be different um, in the in the climate and environmental world and, and movement at that time? Um, well, it's a big question. And of course, our, our efforts aren't going to accomplish this alone. It's, it's the work of the Hip Hop Caucus. It's the work of 350. It's the work of so many. But overall, I would hope for, you know, really significant progress toward this just, you know, progress toward this just sustainable world accelerated, I guess I would say. Mm. We're kind of, you can begin to see it ramped up now, but we really want to help turbocharge it. We hope through our project that new collaborations will be formed of these fixers. We formed a network called The Fix at GRIS, where we're introducing all these folks to each other because the problems are, are really interdisciplinary in nature and too often people just stay in their lanes, so we want to spur collaborations. But then most of all, Rev, I think what we're hoping for is to help contribute to a new narrative of progress, of fixes and fixers, so this kind of becomes the norm. And the cultural expectation will be that the future doesn't need to suck, um, that we can, we can have a planet that doesn't burn. I know that's right. <laughs> and that, that narrative should, justice and sustainability should really be fused in that new narrative and not seen as oppo in opposition to each other, but, you know, uh, really part of the, the same cause. 
And, um, and further, we would just hope that people see themselves in, in this story of progress in ways that they can play a part. Where can people go to learn more about the Grist 50, and how can they find you on social media? Uh, so people can uh, learn more about the Grist 50 at grist.org backslash grist50 uh, with a numerals five zero. And um, I'm at C. Giller on Twitter, C-G-I-L-L-E-R on Twitter, and similarly on Instagram, and would love to hear from folks, uh, would just love to help use our platform to to uh, shine a light if people, people are, if, they're, if they have any stories that they think we ought to be telling or people we ought to be celebrating, would love to hear from them. Well, man, thanks, Chip. I just want to tell you, man, thank you for what you've created. This is an amazing work with Gris. You know, um, your three million monthly readers, I mean, mostly young folks uh, in their 20s and 30s. And most importantly, man, you know, I just want to tell you, that, you know, this is not about Republican or Democrat. It's, you know, it's about humanity. And yes. and for all, all those folks who are listening um, on this online and all over the world and wherever they may be, you know, I'll, I'll say this, that if Gris and these fixers, and I'm so proud of these fixers, we actually have a couple coming up pretty soon on the show, yep. but if these fixers can make it happen for the next generation, they happen to hear this this tape, then they'll, they'll know that these fixes actually fixed something and overcame the political logjam that's keeping us from fixing our planet. Thank you, my brother. I appreciate yep. you so much for what you're doing. Thanks yeah. to both of you. Yeah. Thanks, Chips. Thanks so much. Now joining us is one of those fixers to talk about her work. Let's welcome Nicole Sitaraman. She is a senior manager at Public Policy at Sun Run. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me today. Nicole, congrats on being named as a fixer. Thank you. Uh, or next year, a revolutionary. Okay, I'm down for that, too. I like that. On, yes. As a fixer on the 2018 Grist 50 list. And can you talk about the importance of having young and innovative leaders like yourself highlighted? Well, I don't know if I'm young anymore. Uh, I just turned 40, but um, I'll take now, innovative. Now, my mama would say uh, you young. <laughs> She would, she would be like, you just starting, girl. Right. <laughs> um, well, it is, it's such a, a real honor to be included in this list. Um, last year, I saw Gilbert Campbell on the list, Erica Simmons from Grid Alternatives, um, who are uh, good friends and colleagues uh, and advisors uh, in the clean energy movement. And I just feel really blessed to be in the number. I will say that the first thing that I noticed of, about this year's list and last year's list, to be to be can- candid, is that it features a diverse group of movers and shakers. Well, I mean, well, that list featured that a lot of African American women, mm-hmm. Latina women, mm-hmm. and and so um, I appreciate that people see that people are watching. Um, there's been a lot of questions in the past about diversity within uh, the sustainability movement and and grist put out front and center that there are people in this country who are coming up with brilliant ideas to, to make change uh, for, for our environment. So um, I appreciate that and am thankful to be a part of that list. Mm-hmm. Well, let's, let's, let's get into your work even further. So, uh, yeah, that's right. You're comfortable. <laughs> there it is. 
So I know you're all about creating job opportunities and consumer empowerment. Can you walk us through your work and what it means, especially for communities of color? Right. So in my work at Sunrun, I, I, I managed our legislative and regulatory policy initiatives in the Mid-Atlantic um, and also Actually, work on... What, what, can you step back and what I know consumer and empowerment. So explain consumer empowerment for those who are listening. Do you have another hour? I mean, that, Come on. that I mean, consumer this, this. empowerment um, is at the heart of uh, why Sunrun actually came into existence. Mm. So it's from the top down. It's about uh, creating more access for residential consumers to participate in solar energy uh, generation. She, Lynn Jurich, our CEO, and her uh, partners came up with an amazing model about 10 years ago that enabled folks who didn't have $20,000 to, to put up to install solar on, on their roofs. And so um, my work in this region is focused on making sure that um, legislators and regulators open the door, make it easier for consumers to participate in solar energy so that they can reduce their monthly bills. Their communities can be empowered through through more jobs because we all know that solar actually is a tremendous job creator these days, um, right. much higher than the national average, substantially higher. And in communities of color, job, economic justice, public health is a major concern for ours. Fossil fuel combustion has has hit us first and worst. That's right. Mm -hmm. And we view solar energy as a, a critical way to mitigate the impacts of fossil fuel uh, combustion in our communities. But also there's a, a part of my work that is focused on getting back to the consumer empowerment piece. It's focused on preserving and supporting consumer choice moving forward. So we're in a situation these days where we're at a crossroads with respect to what we want our energy infrastructure, what we want our energy landscape to look like. And people like me are defending, candidly, against um, utilities money moves to explain continue that. to build out. Explain, explain, explain what that means. Yeah. Utility um, money moves. So utilities, uh, there are utilities out there who um, are going in to public service commissions uh, requesting rate increases based on uh, what they're saying, their need to build out uh, more poles and wires to, mm -hmm. to for maintenance and, and upkeep of um, the, their conventional um, electric Distribution and network. That's like coal, gas. Correct. Or, or, okay, gotcha. So, what's happening right now? Our proposals are being made at commissions to essentially preserve the hundred-year-old centralized electricity distribution system that got us here in the first place, mm -hmm. and it costs money. Everybody's going to pay for it, not just people of color, but everybody's going to have to pay for that. Um, and our position is let's think about, let's pause for a second mm -hmm. and think about how we can build a more clean, locally uh, 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 focused distribution network um, for energy delivery so that consumers can participate in solar and, and energy storage and, and things of that nature and reduce pollution caused by these coal plants, natural gas plants. We don't need to rely on those any further. In fact, you know, the market is, is, is dictating right now that, that coal is, is old news. Come on now. And, say, it, and, say it again. <laughs> say it loud. Coal is old news. All folks. right now. Um, 
And, you know, solar is, is um, the energy source of the present and the future, and consumers want it. You know? And clean. And clean. And healthy. And healthy. All right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, Nicole, what are some of the greatest hurdles for folks of color in the clean energy space? Because, you know, we've been talking about sort of the generalities that all folks have to deal with um, and moving forward and addressing our infrastructure needs. But, you know, there are those disproportionate uh, aspects that we have to give consideration to. Right. So when we're talking about um, our participation in, in the clean energy industry, both from uh, an employment standpoint and from a consumer standpoint, mm-hmm. the barrier is uh, sometimes um, relationships, kind of the mm-hmm. word of mouth uh, referral kind of uh, a way that a lot of folks um, learn about solar um, has may not have reached our communities. And so one thing that Sunrun is prioritizing and a lot of my friends and colleagues um, in the industry are prioritizing is really messaging around around how solar can benefit all and pathways for everyone to get a job in this industry at all levels. Um, so we're, we're talking about installers, we're talking about electricians, but we're also talking about the C-suite. And, right. um, um, so the diversity conversation is, and is, for folks who is don't know the active. C-suite, that's for your right. CEOs and COOs, CFOs, folks making cash with the C's. That's right. C-suite. Right. Uh, so, one of the hurdles is relationships, and mm-hmm. um, we want to make sure that the folks who are in the industry reach out to to our brothers and sisters and um, open the door. Yeah, and, and I think one of those organizations that can play a role in it is Blacks and Energy. I know you have a relationship uh, there. Maybe you could talk a little bit about that, who they are, what they do. Right. So the American Association of Blacks and Energy is a national membership-driven organization focused on building African-American presence in energy industry at large, so not just renewables. Paula Glover, the CEO and president of its um, ABE is the acronym, um, she is a wonderful supporter of mine, also of um, uh, several of my friends and colleagues, including Chet McGinsey, Rose McKinney-James, who is the chairman of the board of directors of ABE. She's a solar advocate, former commissioner in Nevada. And so we've been able to kind of build a, um, a conversation around renewable energy and energy storage mm-hmm. within um, Abe's network, and they're a tremendous ally. I, I guess one of the things for me in that is you mentioned this earlier, and one, I'm, just, I'm so proud of you, this, 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 that, you know, it's for, for being on not only on the GRIS 50 list, <laughs> but for, you know, being a trailblazer mm-hmm. in oh, some aspects. You. No, definitely. And, um, I think that I'm hopeful that people who are listening to this, because a lot of times people hear these conversations and they're like, man, I didn't, I didn't know I could be in, in that field. I didn't know, I didn't know what sun run was. I didn't know I could be in solar. I didn't know I could be in, into energy. I didn't know I could be in clean energy. And I think that, you know, I kind of wanted to ask you to hit on something you mentioned earlier and you first said it, but you, we kind of were giving out this shout out for Gris and how they kind of have this diversity and why that was important. I think people need to understand why that is important. I think you said it's important, and they're like, okay, yeah, it's important. But why is that important? Why is that important? Because sometimes people see the climate movement or they see the, the energy industry. They, they don't see people who look like them. And so I think that you were leading that. Some, that that's, that's the case. And so why is it important then for people to see themselves in these 
not only to be on these lists, but to be in these industries as employees, as consumers, as owners. But also, why is it important, as Mustafa was saying earlier, from a standpoint, from a health standpoint as well? It is so critically important that we have a presence in this industry. And when I'm talking about we, I mean communities of color. And that we see ourselves in this industry is because we are the ones who are bearing the brunt of pollution, hmm. climate change, and global warming. That's just, that's just the truth. Mm-hmm. Um, and we can't dance around race when we're talking about our energy future. That's right. we're, we are the consumers. We are the citizens, the communities that we deserve a seat at the table. And, you know, Shirley Chisholm has, there's a quote where she says, if you don't have a seat at the table, you bring your own folding chair. Mm-hmm. And that's, right. that's what um, we have to do um, in, in, in this space. Um, so it's important because we're important. <laughs> you know, that's our right. ancestors built this country. Right. <laughs> and, um, and that's just that. So uh, we deserve to uh, benefit as well. Well, Nicole, thank you so much. And I've also heard the saying that, Either you are at the table or you are on the menu. So it is clear that you are at the table making sure that we are not on the menu in our community. Thank you. Congratulations so much on being a part of this year's Fixer for Grist 50. You were listening to Nicole Sitaraman, who was the Senior Manager of Public Policy at Sunrun, a 2018 Grist Fixer. You can find more about Sunrun at Sun Run on 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 Twitter. Man, welcome back. It is amazing for you to be here. I am Rev You and I'm here with my brother Mustafa Ali. Our next guest is an amazing young activist and organizer. Yes, Rev, he definitely is. Anthony Torres is a campaign strategist at Sierra Club, and he's also a 2017 Gris fixer. So we had to have him join us to talk about his incredible work that he's been doing. I know Anthony from my days at EPA, where he was an inaugural member of the National Youth Work Group. I was so incredibly proud when these young people decided to come together and provide some advice and recommendations uh, to the Environmental Protection Agency. Uh, you know, unfortunately, I left and left you guys to have to kind of carry the weight there. But that just, report's still coming. There it is. There it is. They're just incredible, incredible. And, and the work that Anthony's doing, I can't wait to get into this conversation, Rev, because he is a just a phenomenal young leader. Well, 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 well let's get into it. So, so, Anthony, where did you start your grassroots activism? Well, thank you both for having me. I'm so grateful to be on the show. I grew up in Long Island, New York, and got my start really along the shores of the Atlantic Ocean in the aftermath of Hurricane Sandy and seeing how the beaches and the the bays that I grew up in and, and worked along for two years were not only completely submerged by the rising tides and the storm surge that we saw uh, back just a few years ago, but on top of that, seeing who was impacted and who was allowed to rebuild mm. afterwards, who had the resources to recover. And for me, that was, uh, you know, those who had wealth, those who were whiter and who had much more access to political power were those who were able to get, you know, the recovery money fast, were able to drain uh, the water out of their neighborhoods. And huh. then for me, it's really always since then been tied to how do we see climate change and see my own activism as addressing systemic power and holding those 
politicians and those who are culpable for the climate crisis uh, at hand. Now, definitely. So, you know, uh, Anthony, we believe in real talk here. Okay. Oh, yeah. Our show. Thank 100. <laughs> okay. So a uh, quick question for you, you know, because, you know, you just kind of shared about, you know, the hurricanes, the impacts that were happening, the haves and the have nots in that space. But we play a role in this also, right. those of us in the environmental and climate uh, work that's going on. So what is the movement doing wrong and what is the movement doing right? Okay, now. Oh, yes. There's a huge question for us there. And again, you know, we could uh, we could bring in a whole a, a much bigger table for one into this movement about what is going right and what's going wrong. For one, I think, uh, you know, we really have to see the moment that we're in. We're in this movement renaissance right now where we've seen uh, not just young people, but intergenerational organizing, bringing the movement for black lives, occupying Wall Street, empowering uh, what we saw with uh, the Bernie Sanders campaign and now with the new climate justice movement, you know, all of these are opportunities for us to build power together across lines. And for too long, and even now, our progressive movements are too divided and fractured. We're siloed. We're seeing uh, either climate or we're seeing race or class or we're seeing uh, gun violence as single issues when in inherently we're talking about we're often having the same culprits facing off against those same uh, corrupt politicians or, or uh, corporations that are responsible, and also the same systems of uh, racism, of uh, entrenched misogyny right. that are really holding us back. Mm -hmm. And so to going forward, I think what we're seeing right is uh, being able to create strategies and create uh, stories that actually appeal to all of us and see all of us as full human beings, not just somebody who happens to uh, fit a certain role for a certain type of day or for a certain issue on Capitol Hill, but actually seeing ourselves as shifting the entire alignment behind what is really possible in the world. Yeah, no, I, I feel you on that. Yeah, so if you're just tuning in, you're listening to Think 100%, uh, the coolest show on climate change. We have—I don't know if I F gave his formal title when I first started. We have our brother Anthony Torres, who is the campaign strategist at Sierra Club. Shout out to our good friends at Sierra Club, and he is a 2017 Gris Fixer. Um, if you have questions for the show, you can hit us at hashtag Think100 on Twitter. Um, so I want to just kind of follow what you were saying, Anthony. You and. I want to get to this silo because I, I believe that sometimes, you know, we have a siloed progressive movement. Um, we even sometimes have a segregated mm. progressive movement. Say that again. Uh, I will say that again. We have a segregated progressive movement. And so the reason, let me be clear for those who are listening, we, we, we have fun on this show because this is a very serious topic. This is, you know, we're dealing with something here that's not dealing with just with equality, which is part of the problem. We're dealing with something that deals with existence. And so we, 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 are, we, 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 we laugh, but we, we cry a lot, and we just want to be fixed. So it's not about black or white or male or female or Republican or Democrat. It's about being human and fixing this. So about this movement, though, and breaking down the silos, Tell us why that's a problem and tell us how you think that can be fixed. Absolutely. You know, the, the reason this is uh, a problem I've really been honing in on and anywhere I go, whether it's at the Sierra Club or 
in my various different communities. It's because uh, we have we don't have the time, nor do we have the energy to be fighting one another or right. ignoring one another's priorities mm. when the tasks at hand are are so great and uh, we have so much at stake together. And and for me, you know, it's it's really honoring our history and moving forward with that. You know, looking at the Sierra Club, its own history of being predominantly a white middle-class organization over generations. And not to say, not ignoring that and not uh, just uh, forgetting about it, but actually holding that and saying, moving forward, how do we organize good enough to organize with Black Lives Matter? How do we organize good enough to show up for immigrant rights? How do we organize well enough to be able to uh, have other communities feel compelled to work alongside the Sierra Club and be members and be uh, uh, collaborators in this fight? So it's really, for me, how do we not only just shift uh, talking points, Mm -hmm. but actually shift power and shift resources? Um, And when I see that actually just within what is happening at Grist. Um, as Nicole mentioned, you know, we, this list this year and back in 2017, it really put forward uh, those who are representative of the movements for justice that are happening right now. Uh, you know, uh, friends of mine on this list, including Lydia Avila with the PowerShift Network, mm-hmm. you know, the PSN is really what provided me with the storytelling and uh, training necessary to really see my work as a part of something much bigger. And then you have folks uh, such as uh, Judith Nieto, who's uh, working in the Gulf on another Gulf as possible, Mm -hmm. talking about how do we shift the story? How do we actually change the culture and heal our earth while also uh, addressing uh, the various obstacles and that have been put between us uh, by our, not only our governments, but also uh, by, by our, by our media, by our, the dominant culture we have in front of us. And then, you know, how do we finally take that and wield power? Mm, Now, how do we, you know, it's, it's, it's fine to be right, but it's also much better to, to be able to bring that to victory and actually be able to wield political power. If not, you know, we're just going to be battling and back and forth those, those same attacks over and over and over again. Yeah, definitely. You know, I've been very blessed to see a number of the folks who are part of the Grist 50 to grow up. Uh, in the movement to make real serious moves and make real change happen. I know that for many of those folks, that culture is a extremely important element of their work. That's right. Can you talk a little bit about culture and, and how you see it playing a stronger role moving forward uh, in our environmental and climate work? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, culture is is about not only uh, the ways we think. It's also how we relate to one another. And if we're going to uh, create the revolution, Rev, you know, we actually have to, like that. you know, transform our relationships with one another, create uh, justice uh, within our families, within our communities, uh, and also deconstruct and then uh, reimagine how we can uh, actually uh, create the music, the tunes, the stories, and uh, eventually the policies and politic of tomorrow if we can't have come a on man. Have, it's like a preacher it's like a, little, it's like a preacher over here. come on now come on Andy. come on bring it home now i like that and they're about to break out the holy water come on come on come on now you know if we don't have uh, a message and uh, a shared idea of how we can actually build together or 
feel compelled by one another, then how can we actually even take on those who are trying to shut us down? And so I'm really, really excited and by just what's happening, uh, not only in D.C. or back home in New York, but by what's happening across our country with, uh, you know, the, again, as we mentioned, those intersections, you know, I was just uh, talking last night with uh, my friend Bronte Velez, who is with Lead to Life, and she, you know, just launched a project in Atlanta where mm -hmm. it was all about how do we shift culture? She was, That's they right. were there, the 50th anniversary of the assassination of Dr. King with uh, Dr. Bernice King and many other leaders there, and they were planting 50 trees with the shovels oh, uh, made from the metals of uh, former weapons that were, you know, mm -hmm. killed many people in their mm -hmm. community, and then use that moment to actually talk about how do they organize in their communities better? How do they transform gun violence, police brutality, and, and a lack of food justice mm -hmm. and build power together? So those are the things I'm seeing as, as a cultural shift as well as a political one. So you mentioned that, and thank you, man, for those la last week we, we did commemorate the uh, uh, the assassination of, of Dr. King with the 50th anniversary of, of that. And, and actually, he was fighting an environmental justice cause as mm -hmm. well with the sanitation workers and the, the condition that they were under having to deal with the, the, the waste and they didn't know what it was and the chemical and the toxins. And so it was very powerful. But that kind of leads to this, because I think that, you know, you kind of mentioned it about the young people and before that and people were marching here in D.C. with the March for Our Lives. And, you know, it's, it's actually, when you think about it, it's kind of, I said this last week, it's sad that when Dr. King had his march, it was the March for Jobs and Justice. And now these young folks are marching March for Our Lives. So literally, um, one march is dealing with primarily equality, and young folks are marching for existence. Like, literally, not just to be able to drink from uh, uh, the water from, but to drink as, from, like, Flint, to drink the water at all. And, and that's sad. That, that breaks your heart. So let's, let's then fast forward then. So let's fast forward then, you know, Anthony. So that was 1968. We were here. People were marching, and we were gathering from Memphis to Atlanta, all over this country um, in 2018. So let's go forward. In 2068, if we keep ourselves based on a fossil fuel-based economy, and we continue to have folks running the Environmental Protection Agency who just want to, you know, do what they want or sell off land or disregard Standing Rock or don't care about folks in Puerto Rico or in Houston or anywhere. What does this look like? Bring it home for folks with climate change. What does it look like in 2068? What does this, if we don't, if we don't, if we don't transition from fossil fuels to clean energy, what does it look like in 2068? Yeah, you know, uh, this really brings back to me, uh, my friend Varshini, who's another member of the GRIST this, this year. And you know, she was telling me this 2018, if anything we've learned uh, since the last election, this has to be the last year that any politician who claims to represent the interests of our generation can actually do so with credibility when they're taking the sides of fossil fuel CEOs and the Trump administration. And so when I think about 10 years from now or 20 years from now, not only do I see us not having to you know, spend all of our energy just repelling attack after attack, I see many of the folks in this year's GRIS, last year's GRIS, and many of us in our movements actually taking the reins and wielding the political power for our communities, bringing those who are leading in our 
faith communities, our immigrant communities, and our uh, youth communities, and actually having them be not only our elected leaders and policymakers, but actually have those uh, our, our culture makers really be those who are guiding us towards uh, a positive transformation that not only provides you know, good union jobs and thriving communities and healthy livelihoods for all, but actually puts us on a path to a new planet that that's is right. much more that's different right. than the one we left behind. That's right. Not only one that's not, that doesn't suck and isn't, isn't uh, burning, but one that actually is uh, worthwhile to the legacy of those who fought before us. Mm. Well, you know, this is the Gris 50 episode. So <laughs> can you talk a little bit about how being a part of the Gris 50 family has sort of enhanced your work, changed your work, uh, elevated your work? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I still feel like, you know, uh, I'm just at the start of, of my own personal journey. You know, for me, it's uh, been really humbling to meet so many uh, folks who have so much to offer each other. And in this space, the grist has really been able to uh, do what we're mentioning, breaking down those silos. You know, you're engaging with folks who are working on the technology we need for tomorrow, who are doing the organizing we need for tomorrow, and who are, uh, you know, doing the community change that we're seeing right now. And so for it's so hard uh, when we're having so many different battles and so many different news to react to every single day mm. to actually be able to pause and say, okay, what do we actually want to do together? Mm -hmm. Who are the folks out there already doing this work? Am I doing something that's, uh, that's going to be duplicating what somebody else is doing better? And the grist has really been an opportunity uh, not only to do amazing collaborative work, but actually to build really incredible relationships. And so I'm looking forward to uh, getting to really being in this movement for life with many of the folks who are on this list. Yes. So I'm going to I'm going to take us in a slightly different direction Come on just real quick. So just, uh, you know, for clarity for everyone out there, Anthony is like my little brother. I just have so much respect for him and I just enjoy watching his journey and the incredible work that he does and and how he pulls people together. But here is the transition. All right. So I know you're from New York. Mm -hmm. So I'm curious about who are those artists that move you and what is it about them? And, and how do you see artists playing a stronger role uh, in this movement? Oh, wow. That's something I've really uh, been diving into personally lately. Uh, just because for me, you know, it's, uh, it's been all along this, this personal journey of not only understanding uh, what my values are, but um, also, you know, how, you know, we talk about movements, but how do I like to move? How do I like to relate? And what communities am I uh, really have finding affinity with? And, mm -hmm. For me, it's uh, this new this new generation of artists such as Mickey Blanco mm -hmm. and uh, all right uh, Janelle Monae. Okay, who, now all right, who are really shattering barriers and really giving us a future that is not only um, completely uh, renewed from the you know the horrors that we see today, but also is something that's actually tangible and uh, can relate to what we're feeling at any given moment. And so they see themselves also as tied to their, our movements for justice. And for me, that's, again, something that can't be separated. We need to move on all fronts in, uh, in the C-suites. We need to be moving in uh, the corridors of power. We also need to be moving in the studios like we are right now, right? Yeah. You know, we actually have to be uh, shifting the entire population and, and winning over minds and really uh, building new pillars for uh, what it's going to be like, not just for us here, but also for 
the the younger sisters and brothers after us. Most definitely, most definitely. Right. Yeah, no, no, no. And yesterday was uh, Paul Robeson's birthday. Mm-hmm. Happy birthday to the amazing Paul Robeson. Um, and man, and thank you for that. Man, I appreciate that. I, I like I like that artist selection there. You know, I got to the Torres playlist here. You know what I mean? That's that's all right. I mean, that's pretty good. And that, and that's so important. I, I just want to say for those who are who are listening and they might not understand that there is a new generation of artists who I think who get it. Uh, they realize the stakes, and they realize uh, you know you know what's at at uh, you know, what, what we had before us. And so, you know, thank you for all the artists, um, you know, who've been using like, utilizing their gift, using their, using their cultural expression to shape their uh, political experience. So we want to thank all the artists and want to thank you, Anthony, man, for, for being with us, man. Uh, this time goes so fast every single week, man, here on Think 100%, man, this was an amazing show that we had this kind of this diving in. I, I hope that everybody will go to, uh, think100.info to see um, the entire uh, Gris 50. I guess we got to put up last year's two, I guess. We got we got yeah. both the 2018 and the 2017. Shout out to Chip. Thank you, man, for what you're doing over there at Gris. We really, really appreciate you. Uh, Nicole, thank you, my sister, for, for being with us. Man, this this is, I love, I love, man, you got to love Think 100%. The coolest show on climate change. And man, next week, yo, you, you gotta like you gotta get ready. Tune in next week for our show with Senator Cory Booker and Annie Leonard, who is the executive director of Greenpeace. Yeah, and definitely. We also want to just give a quick shout out also to Kate and all the others at Grist who helped us to pull this show together. We really, really appreciate you grinding late at night to, to make this happen. So Thanks for joining us this week on Think 100%, the coolest show on climate change, a hip-hop caucus platform. Let's keep this important dialogue going. Be a part of the conversation by following us on social media at Think100Show and at Hip Hop Caucus. Visit our website at think100.info for blog content, information on upcoming events, or to connect with us. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe wherever podcasts are available so you'll never miss an episode. Rate and review us or simply tell a friend. Climate change impacts all of us. And if we think 100%, we can achieve a 100% sustainable and just world together. Think 100, think 100, think 100, think 100.